Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Amen. Praise God. Happy to be in the house of God. Amen. Come on. Beautiful Sunday. Beautiful Sunday in God's house. We pray for all those who are or missing this morning, who are out of town. Summer has has begun for, for many of us. Praise the Lord. I don't know if that's a praise the Lord or if that's Lord help us uh, with kids, but praise the Lord anyways. And um, I want you to turn with me this morning to the book of Matthew. We're going to read out of 13, um, 4 through 9, and then we'll, we'll go to 18 through 23. And if you have it, give me a, a nice amen. And I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask for your attention. I ask for your attention every morning, but sometimes you got to, got to be intentional with it. Matthew 13, four through nine. Amen. And it says this, it says a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth in the soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up, and they choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, anybody have ears this morning? Let him hear. And then going down to verse 19, Jesus explains the parable and he says this when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart this is what was sown along the path and as for the the as for what was sown on rocky ground this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy yet he has no root in himself but endures for a while and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word immediately he falls away And as for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and another thirty. Amen. And and then I want to read more passage, uh, one more passage of scripture, John 8. Uh, 31. You don't have to turn there. It simply says, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word, my God, that you've spoke over in your servant, my Lord. I just pray that that as I speak it, my God, it would be received, my God. I pray that we would open up our hearts and our minds and our spirits, Lord, uh, for you to do surgery on the heart this morning, Father God. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be on my lips, Lord, that this would all be from you and not from me, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You can, you can take your seat. Um, I entitled the sermon, Abide, very simple, abide. And it's a, it, this is a word that uh, for a little while I've been wanting to, uh, to preach on. I've been wanting to kind of talk, talk through each of these uh, types of people that Jesus describes in this parable. Um, the message of Jesus is very simple. He says, abide in my word and you will be free, right? Abide in it and you will be free. In John 16, 
Jesus tells his disciples, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And so I want you to, I want you to recognize the, the parallel of these verses. Jesus is telling his disciples, hear the word. And of the Holy Spirit, he says, whatever the spirit hears, he will speak. So even, even the Holy Spirit abides to the very word of the Father. He, he hears the word and he guides us in that truth. Just as Jesus abided in the word and in the will of the Father. This is why the verse says he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority. The Holy Spirit guides us into the truth that has already been established by God the Father. Now this is, very, this is just a very deep and profound way of me saying to know the word. Know the Bible. Read it. Live it. Apply it. And, and, and we, the reason I, I think that this, this message has been on my heart is because I think in, in America, I'll just speak about the American church today. Um, I think we've seen a really great deviation from the word of God. And I'm not talking about those in the world. The world has always been far from the word of God. I'm talking about the church. There's a deviation from the word of God in the church. There are, there are preachers and, and, and pastors preaching things that are just not biblical. And we, we kind of touched on this a little bit in conversation. There, there's, there's pastors who are conforming to their churches rather than conforming to Christ. And maybe you think, well, that, that's, that's not that bad because the world is not, or the church is not the world, but the church is also not Christ. Right? And so when we don't, when we don't preach the things that the, that the Bible teaches, what happens? We create ignorant Christians. We create biblically illiterate Christians. And we create worldly Christians. And this, this was a problem, you know, for, for the early church because the early church, they didn't have the, 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 the word like we do, as, as accessible as we have it today. Um, and so they were constantly getting all these false teachers and, and getting fed false doctrine Things that would kind of lead them away from from the gospel of Jesus. And so the apostles felt that tug of the Holy Spirit to write uh, these these letters, right? The the letters of the apostles to guide the church into the truth of the gospel. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He guides us into all truth. And so today for us who say we believe in Jesus, we are without excuse. Because we have the Bible at our fingertips. You have your Bible on the internet, you have your Bible in your pocket. You have, I mean, there is, there is no, there is no lack of scripture. Yet there are people and, and preachers with platforms who preach according to the amount of amens they know they'll get from their church instead of preaching the word of God. And this is how you end up a church that looks like the world. Because, because when we fail to abide, somebody say abide. When we fail to abide in the word of God, when we fail to hear the word of God and live it and apply it, we fail to abide in the truth. And if we're not abiding in the truth, we cannot be set free. So I, I want to nail this, this scripture in your heart today, man. Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you abide in it, if you live in it, if you keep it, you will know the truth and the truth 
will set you free. And, and we have to understand something about what Jesus is saying. He's not, he's not just saying, read your Bible. That's something that we tell our kids, read your Bible. And it's, it's a great lesson for them because obviously you have to read the Bible to understand the scripture. But Jesus isn't saying, just read your Bible. He's saying, abide in it, remain in it. Let it remain in you. The word of God needs to be the thing that constantly transforms your life. Let it constantly be the thing that convicts you. Let it be uh, constantly the thing that keeps your heart in check. Let it be your highest authority. Let it be your firm foundation. Let it be the thing from which you test all things. I think that the church has become careless with the word of God. We're not going to get a lot of amens today. Okay. I think that the church has become careless with the word of God. Paul tells Timothy, Timothy is his, you know, his protege. He's, he's kind of discipling Timothy because Timothy is pastoring. And so he tells Timothy, correctly handle the word. Do it correctly. Handle it with care. Because this is, as we talked about last week, this is a sword. This is a weapon. This, 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 is, this can be dangerous. Definitely dangerous to the enemy. It can also be used incorrectly to where it has no power. So Timothy is, is told by Paul, handle it correctly. Do it with, with, with care. And I think that, that the church today, we've become careless with the word of God. And that is just the beginning of falling away from the truth. You know, we, we, we hear it in some of our worship songs, man. It's, it's awkward for me sometimes to hear a worship song that is theologically incoherent. You know, and it happens quite a bit. And what's more awkward is that, like, we're like really into it. You know, um, it, it, it's, it's awkward for me to hear a prophetic word that doesn't edify or that doesn't correct, that doesn't build. We, we, we need to handle the word with care and fear. 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 We need to fear when we're giving people instruction and calling it word from God. We have to fear when we have a prophetic word and we're giving it to someone whose life would be affected by it. We have to be, man, we, it's fire. This is the word of God. We have, to, we have to handle it with care and fear. Because when we begin to treat Christianity like, like it's a philosophy, or when we allow the, the culture to, to weaken godly standards, or when we interject feeling into Scripture... We are led by lies. And there cannot be a firm foundation on a lie. And my, my mission this morning is, is really just to have you identify what kind of hearer of the word you are. Because Jesus identifies four. He's talking about four types of hearers of the word. And, and so all of them, listen, all of them hear the message of Jesus, right? That's, that's the first step. You, you got to pay attention. If you're not paying attention, you're not even in the categories, right? You have, to, you have to listen to the word of God. You have to hear the message of Jesus. But it's not just about hearing. It's what happens next. It's about the reception of the word, how it's received into your spirit. Many people come to church and they all hear the same word, but only a few of them respond to it. You might, you might listen to the word every Sunday or, or read your Bible every day, but it's not about just hearing it. It's about the way that it's received that makes all the difference. And so I want to, I want to talk about these four different types of hearers and I'm going to try to make today just super practical and easy to follow because I, I really want us to, to grasp this, uh, this very timely word. Amen. Um, 
The first of the four hearers that Jesus talks about is, is the one who fails to understand. He fails to understand. Uh, verse 19 says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. So there's a lot of people who, who read the Bible and you have no idea what you're reading, right? And, and maybe you're, you read this passage and you're like, oh my gosh, that's me. The enemy's going to get me because I, don't, I open up the Bible and I can't even pronounce half the names that are in there. And these cities, I, don't, I have no idea how to pronounce them. And, and so you, you worry. Sometimes you are overwhelmed by the fact that you don't understand what you're reading. You don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't get it. You don't get the context and it's frustrating. And I, I've been there. I think we've all been there. And I've had conversations with people who hate the fact that they just, they don't understand the scripture sometimes. And look, I mean, we're, we're talking about a scripture that's been written. It was written more than thousands of years ago in different languages and cultures and, and different backgrounds. And it's hard sometimes to understand what we're reading. But let me give you hope. There, there's a difference between not understanding something that God does or something that God says and not understanding who God is. The, the former is important, but the latter is so much more important. Because let me tell you, you're not always going to understand what God is doing. You're not always going to understand what God is saying. You're not always going to understand why he's telling you to do something. You're not always going to understand the, the, the convicting power, the prompting of the Holy Spirit. You're going you're gonna to question God sometimes. You're not always going to understand everything. The disciples didn't always understand what Jesus was saying, but they understood who God was. That's what they understood. And when you understand who God is, you know that you can trust him. You know that he is worthy of your faith. You know that he is worthy of your praise and your worship because you know that he loves you because you know that he is for you because he know because you know that he will never leave you or forsake you. That's the difference. And in the greater context of, of Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is talking about he's talking about the kingdom of God. That's what he's doing. It's a series of parables about the kingdom of God. And and, and so the kingdom of God is one of those things that no human mind can fully comprehend. We've never been to heaven. I've never been there. I don't know. I don't know exactly how it's going to look. I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about things from a, from, from an earthly perspective. I think you can read every scripture that talks about the kingdom of God and you'll probably walk away with more questions than you did walking, read, uh, going into it. Christians are divided with, with, with so many aspects of the kingdom of God. There's some people who think that we're currently in the millennial reign of Christ right now. Some people think that there will uh, be literal streets of, of gold and, and sea of crystal. Others think that it represents something, but they're not sure what it represents. Some people think that we're going to be married in heaven. There was, there was actually a pastor, a famous preacher, who said that he had a vision, um, and in, in, in heaven he was married to his wife. I thought that was interesting because the Bible says we will not be given in marriage in heaven. So I'm not really sure what that was about. There's some people that, you know, they, they, they think they're going to be reunited with their little perritos and gatitos. And I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> Sorry. You better love them while they're here. And no, one under, no one understands fully the kingdom of God. We don't understand fully the kingdom of God. So, so the ones who understand don't necessarily understand every, every in and out of the message of Scripture, but they understand who Jesus is. That's what Jesus is saying. They understand that the only way to the Father is through the Son, Jesus. That's it. 
And so the ones who chose to believe the message of Christ did so because they believe in Jesus. They didn't have all the answers about what the kingdom of heaven was going to look like. The disciples were still asking questions to Jesus because they didn't understand all that Jesus was saying. But they understood that, you know what, Jesus is good. Jesus is a miracle worker. He backs up everything that he says with signs and wonders. Jesus loves people. He cares for people. Jesus is a Messiah. Jesus has divine authority. When you understand who God is, that is enough to keep you grounded. I grew up Christian all my life, hearing the word, knowing, knowing all the Bible stories. But it wasn't until I was like 12 years old that I had an encounter with God that I actually met the God of the Bible and knew who he was. The text says that the seed fell along the path, meaning it never got a chance to penetrate the soil. And there's people who hear the word of God Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, but they never allow the Holy Spirit to penetrate the depths of their heart. And until you do, you will never understand who God is. You won't understand why I worship the way that I worship. You won't understand the way that I love God the way that I love him. You will never understand my tears, how a manly man can can, can be broken down in the presence of God. You will never understand that if you don't know the God that I know. So it's not just about hearing about it. It's about letting it pierce the depths of your soul. That's why this is a double-edged sword it's supposed to pierce. It's supposed to make contact. It's not, it's not just supposed to stay on, on the surface. And, you know, unfortunately, there's people who are always going to walk into the church and leave exactly the same. Unmoved. Unchanged. Untransformed. People that you invite to church. People that you're praying for. Sometimes they will hear the word, but it will not penetrate their hearts. This past Easter, uh, I shared this with a few people. Man, on, on, on Easter Sunday, I, I pour out my little heart, man, um, when it comes to, to the gospel. Because I, I know that on Resurrection Sunday, you have so many people coming to church who don't normally come to church. Right? They, they either come for, for family or tradition or, you know, they think it's their religious duty. And so I have a lot of family, I have friends that come Resurrection Sunday, and, I, and I'm always praying that whole week, God, it's coming. This is, this, is going to be the, this is going to be the Sunday. This is going to be the Sunday that they receive you, that they say yes to you. And I mean, I, I just, I, I pray and, and, and I fast for these things, man, like, because I want my family, the people that I love and care about, I want them to receive Jesus and know him the way that I know him. And, and so this, this, uh, this past, you know, Easter I get to the end of my message and it happened like right here. I remember exactly how it happened. It happened right here. And I was getting to the end and I was saying, you know, like this is as far as the message goes. And and, you know, I I can't I can't force you into salvation like I've done my job. And then and then God spoke a a word that was very difficult for me to hear. Very, very harsh. And I, I I didn't even know what to do with it. I think I like paused for like five seconds trying to process it. God said. Not everyone who hears my word will receive it. And I, I, got, I got discouraged for a second. I, got, I, I remember having like a whole internal conversation with God while I was still trying to finish my sermon. I, I even thought for a second, it, I don't think that was God because it was so discouraging. I don't think that was, I, maybe that was the enemy. 
And because not, not everyone who hears the word is going to receive it. I know that that's true, but I never thought about if it's true for the people that I really desire to get the word. Is it true that some of my cousins will, will not receive the word of God? Is it true that some of the people that, that I pray so deeply for, is it true that, that they will not receive the word of God? I was discouraged. I went on for a few weeks kind of discouraged. And then I, I, I realized, I began, to, I began to realize that the Holy Spirit wasn't trying to discourage me to stop preaching the word. He was encouraging me to continue preaching the word despite some people not receiving the word. It's not my job to know who's going to receive it. It's my job. I have the seed. The seed needs to be scattered. It needs to be scattered. It needs to be scattered. The gospel needs to be preached. The love of Christ needs to be shown. And you have that. And it's not my job to, to say, well, what if they don't receive the word? What if, what if their hearts are too hardened and hearts are too cold already? It's not my job. My job is to declare the word of God. Declare the word of God. And it's true, some people won't, won't even let it break the surface. But others will. Others will. And there's been so many people who have come to Christ just by the preaching of the gospel. And if there's anybody here like that today, like maybe your heart is cold. My prayer for you every Sunday is that you would open up your heart, that you would that you would soften your heart. Because when you understand the goodness of God and when you understand the grace of God and the love of God, it doesn't matter if you don't understand everything. Because because knowing who God is and abiding in in who he is will keep you from the enemy. But you have to let it break the surface. The word that you hear. That, that, that Jesus saved, that Jesus loves you, that Jesus wants a relationship with you. Let that take effect into your heart. That's the first hearer. The second one, the second hearer is the one who failed to establish roots. Verse 20 says, as for the one, uh, as for what was sown on rocky ground, uh, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. Come on. This is probably the most common one. Because these are the people who embrace the word. They accept it. They raise their hand at the end of service. I want to receive Jesus. They receive Jesus. But they never let their roots grow. If, if the word of God is depicted as seed, what has to happen? It's got to be watered. You've got to water it so that it can grow. If you are constantly not watering the word in your life... Your roots are weak and they're brittle and you're one bad breakup away from leaving the church and never coming back. You're you're one bad season away from saying, you know what? God is not for me. Why is he allowing this to happen to me? You are one bad teaching away from being led astray because you have no roots. And listen, your roots, they don't grow at church. You hear me? Your roots don't grow at church. They're watered at church. But the growth only happens when you go through the seasons. When, 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 you, when you go through that job loss and when you go through a failed marriage and when you go through the depression, that's when your roots grow. When, when those roots have to, they have to dig deeper into the soil. 
and they have to constantly break new ground as uncomfortable as that, as that is, that's when they grow. And so when you, when you take in the word of God and you let it sink into your heart. And I'm not just talking about the parts that you like. I'm not just talking about the ones that you agree with. I'm not just talking about the parts that you know someone else needs to hear. I'm talking about all of it. All of it. The ones that make you say, ouch. When you meditate on that, when you examine the word, when you pray on it, when you ask more questions, when you search the word, that's when the roots begin to form. Some people walk away from God simply because they failed to water the seed. Still with me this morning? Y'all quiet, man. Y'all quiet. Y'all quiet. Hype, hype doesn't last. Hype don't last. The, the, the feeling that you feel after a really good Sunday service, that don't last. That don't last. I baptized so many people who wanted to make that public profession of faith. All of them leave on a spiritual high. Some of them never come back. They take the picture. They're like, Pastor, wow, you don't understand this feeling. I understand it. I understand it. I felt it. But it's a high for some of them. Highs don't last. Whatever goes up has to come down. And it's when people come down that they abandon their faith. When people come down, when they hit rock bottom, they leave the word behind. I can only serve God from a mountaintop. Bible says that, that the sun began to hit what was, what was growing, but it had no water, had no nutrients. It wasn't being fed. And so that scorching heat brittled what had been uh, grown. And that's what's going to happen. That scorching sun will always hit you. There will always be unpleasant seasons. And when we fail to water that seed, we too will brittle away. Man, there was a, there was a time where I was, I, all I wanted from church services were worship. How many of y'all love to worship? I know y'all love to worship. I know, I know y'all love to worship. We are a worshiping church. We are, we get crazy, we get loud, we get mocoso, mocosa and all that stuff. We love to worship. And I love it too. And that was me for a long time. All I wanted to do was worship. Sermon time was boring time. Sermon time, I'd go to the restroom. Oh, man, i got to go to the restroom. Because the worship was crunk, man. I got to move a little bit. I got to sing the catchy music. I wasn't craving the word. And so there'd be, there'd be Sundays where I'd be like, you know what? Let's just do worship. That'd be Friday nights. I was a youth pastor once. I said, you know what? We'll just skip the word. We'll just do worship. We need to worship. I fear for the church that doesn't prioritize the word of God. I fear for that church. I fear for the church that doesn't know how to worship either. But I fear for the, for the church that doesn't, that doesn't value the word of God that was revealed to us. Mm. When you don't value the word, when a church doesn't value the word, that's how you get pastors saying the most her- heretical things that scripture never teaches 
and they're teaching it and feeding it to the flock. Because you've never allowed the roots to grow. The worship, the worship will get you hype, man. Nights of worship, man, our nights of worship, they bring you up here. But the word will sometimes make you quiet. Because, you know, like, like when we're getting after our kids, they don't say anything. They shut up. Yeah, they, they know better. Sometimes the word of God does. It makes you quiet. You can't, you can't answer back because God is talking directly to you. The word will make you uncomfortable sometimes. The word will convict your, way, your very way of life and your very way of thinking. But it's that power that leads to the truth that will set you free. This is why discipleship is so important, man. Bible study is so important. Wednesday nights, so important. 7 p.m., so important. We, we, we had a meeting this past week. Uh, we started planning the men's, the men's conference. And uh, some of the women are probably laughing because they started planning like a year ago, right? That's how we do as men. And so we started planning this, this, this conference, and we were blown away by the last conference. Awesome, man. Men just being um, filled with the Holy Spirit and, and, and singing together. And, I mean, it was awesome. The men's retreat, blown away. If you went, I mean, you know. If you know, you know. But I'm also not fooled by hype. If, if, if the men who attend these events don't allow the seed that was planted to take root, all it will have been was a good conference. I don't need no good conference. I'm not here to put on a show. I'm, I'm, I'm here, I'm here to, to, to lead you to Christ who can, who can transform your life. And, and one sermon doesn't do that. One conference won't change your life. One sermon won't change your life. One retreat won't change your life. It's a starting point. I believe that. But what truly changes your life is constantly abiding in the truth of God's word and letting it convict you daily and let it transform you daily and let it speak over your life daily. That, that is what changes a life. But roots have to grow and growth takes time. God is still working on me. God, I, I'm, I'm constantly a work in progress. If you identify with this type of hearer, man, listen, you, you have a good starting point. You've allowed the seed to break the surface. But you got to let those roots go deeper. Don't stay the same. Go deeper. Still with me? Okay, okay. The third one. The third one is the one who failed to prioritize. Verse 22 says, as for the one, as, as for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of the riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. So th- this, this type of hearer, I think is common as well. It, man, it, it, it's saddening. It's saddening to me, guys, to see, and we've seen it so, so recently lately, pastors with mega ministries and, and Christians with these massive platforms Get caught up in the, in the fame and the fortune and the glory. We've been seeing it so much more. I mean, you, you hear these pastors having affairs and, and they're, 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 they're not faithful and, and, and they're, they're people taking money from I mean, it's, it's just, it hurts the, repu- uh, the reputation of the church. And 
I mean, I'm, I'm a pastor. I, I know that being a pastor is hard. I can't imagine being a pastor of a, of a megachurch. There's more people, more problems, more complaints to be heard. This is, this is why we as a church, we need to pray for these pastors, man. We need to pray when they fall. We need to pray, not hate. We need to call out what is wrong. We need to correct. We need to let other people know, hey, this ministry might be pretty dangerous. This teaching is dangerous. But at the same time, we, we, have, we have to pray for these people, man. We have to pray that God changes their heart. I don't, I don't believe, I was telling somebody this week, I don't believe that any person gets into ministry with the intention of falling away. I don't, I don't think that happens. I think there are pastors with genuine hearts, with genuine callings, who get into ministry to help people, to preach the gospel. But somewhere along the way, somewhere along their path, the riches and the cares of the, wor- of the world began to compete with the word. That's what happens. And they let their guard down, and maybe they didn't have accountability, and so they abandoned the truth because they snuggled up with the thorns. And this doesn't just apply to people in ministry. This, this is, applies to anyone who is allowing the world and the cares of the world to, to choke the word. The word choke in Greek, it means the same as it means in English. It means to choke. To choke means to kill by suppressing air, airflow. And so when you choke the word, you're suppressing the truth of the word. The Apostle Paul said in Romans, he said they exchanged the truth of God's word for a lie. That's choking the word. That's, that's knowing the word and exchanging it for something else. It's failing to abide. It's the equivalent of, of having an affair. You're still in a relationship with your spouse, but she's not enough for you. And so there's a lot of people that, that fall into this category, and they never mean to. And you know the word. You, you've established roots. Some, some of you can teach it. Some of you have gone to seminary. You went to Bible school. But... But when you begin to snuggle up with the thorns and when you begin to let the world influence you and now you're competing and now you're kind of serving two masters, that's, that's, where, this, that's where this happens. When you choke the word, it means that you're spending too much time maybe with the wrong people. You're giving too much time to the wrong things. It has nothing to do with being wealthy or having Nice things, but it's a compromise. It's the exchange. You're not abiding in the word. You're abiding in the world. And let me tell you, man, it only takes one thorn to mess it all up. I have a friend who says that he loves God. He grew up in the church. He knows the word well enough to teach it. But there is one thorn that he could never get over. He has a hard time reconcile, reconciling his personal beliefs of, of homosexuality and, and what the world says about homosexuality. If it wasn't for that one thing, he'd be all in. But even with one thorn, you can, you can choke the truth. This is, why when the, this is why when the Bible convicts you, church, you have to deal with that away from the thorns. You have, to, you have to get away as far as you can from the thorns. If you have a conviction about what the Bible says about homosexuality, the thorns are those who tell you, no, it's okay. Those are the thorns. The thorns are, are those churches who say, we'll, we'll marry a man and a man because that, that, that's, that's, that's what we believe. And, and love is love. No, that, that's the thorns. Those are thorns. 
And they're trying to fit their beliefs into the Bible. That's what the thorns are. When the Bible convicts you, you have to get away from the thorns. You have to get away from the people that tell you, oh, it's okay. Jesus, Jesus said, blessed is the one who is not offended by me. That's the one who's blessed. Because the gospel is offensive. It's throwing out all kinds of things that are contrary to the world. Culture tells us something. Culture, culture wants us to live a certain way. But then, but then the Bible says something different. And so it's going gonna, it's gonna to offend the culture. And so you have to kind of remove yourself from the culture. And we have a lot of churches that have implemented themselves in the culture. And that's why so much of the truth is falling away. You have to separate yourself from the thorns. And that might be people in your life, people that you love, people that you care about, people that you respect, and you listen to their teaching. You have to recognize the thorns in your life. When the gospel offends you, you have to work through that offense. You can't sympathize with it. You have to get away from the thorns, whatever's influencing you, whatever is challenging you. There was a time where I was struggling a little bit with my faith. I wasn't, I wasn't giving up on, on, on God, but there was a lot of things that I was just doubting about God. And there was, I, was, I was struggling. It was a really, really ugly season in my life. I don't, wish, I don't wish it on anybody. I hated it. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm never the one to, to walk away from, like, hard questions. And, and, and you know, just I, I think blind faith is, is not healthy faith. But there was, there was a time where I was listening. This, during this time, I was listening to this podcast that was not healthy for me. Because it was, it was feeding into this challenging season of my life. And I thank, I thank God to this day for the Holy Spirit that convicted me and allowed me to recognize that I had to walk away from that because I, my spirit was too weak. And I went away and I studied the word and I got deeper in the word and I, and I got closer to God and, and my faith got stronger than ever. I don't think it would have happened if I kept proximity with the thorns you have to recognize the thorns in your life because the thorns just want to choke the word and they will convince you they will we, we, man we have a society man that says that christians aren't loving what we're the most loving we're supposed to be jesus said to his disciples the world will know you by the way that you love each other and culture is saying no you don't love because you don't you don't believe like I believe because you're 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 a bigot because you don't you're not accepting you're not you're not affirming it's telling it's telling Christians who are called to love that they don't love and that has confused so many people so many people so many people are 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 giving walking away from sound doctrine because they're being told that they don't love when Jesus says love Snuggling up with the thorns, man. When we fail to prioritize God, and we don't allow his word to reign in our life, we replace it with something else, we're going to choke the word. I'm almost done. I'll have the worship team come up. It's only the ones who hear the word and understand it who will produce a harvest. That's the, last, that's the last hearer of the word that Jesus speaks about. 
The one who hears and the one who understands. That is the one who will bear fruit. What does Jesus say? You will recognize them by their fruit. The one who hears, the one who understands, they will bear fruit. Again, this isn't to say that you're always going to understand what God is doing or what God is saying. Faith happens in the absence of seeing, right? It happens in the absence of of fully understanding everything. But when you understand the power, when you understand the significance, the liberating nature of the word of God, that will produce a harvest. Because when you understand the power of God's word, you draw near to it. When you understand the nature of God's goodness, you don't question his mandates. You hear what I'm saying? When you know that God is good, you don't look at the Bible and say, I don't know about this part. Because if you know that God is good first, then then everything's going to fall into place. And there's people who question the goodness of God because they're looking They're looking at the Bible from a lens that puts culture first, not kingdom first. It puts opinion first, not not kingdom first. Because they don't don't understand God. They don't understand that God is, is, is good. God is above what you think. If you have a problem with the word, the problem is you. John opens up his gospel and he says... He says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And he says, and the word became flesh and he dwelt among us and all who received him to all who abided in him, to all who kept the faith, despite not always understanding everything, those he gave the right to become children of God. So abide to, to abide in the word of God means to abide in Jesus because Jesus is the word we need more people in the church to hear to understand that that this world doesn't know goodness without God this world can't satisfy the way that Jesus can, can can satisfy so every time church every time you come in here and you hear the word every time you read the word consume it Let it change you. Let it speak to you. The word isn't just to inspire you. It's not just to make you say amen. It's not just to encourage you. It's not just to make you feel good when you're going through a trying season. It is to build your character. It is to build you. It is to mold you. It is to reveal and expose and and, and convict. It's It's meant to give you power over sin. That's what the word of God does. But you have to abide in it. If you don't abide in it, you will abandon it. God is calling us back to his word. Because the word, the word will set you free. The truth of the word will set you free. The word will not leave you confused. We have a lot of people that are confused in this culture. They're confused as as to who they are, their identity. They're, they're, They're confused, but the truth of the word will set you free. to bring us back to the word of God, man. Know the word. Live the word. Abide in it daily. 
I want you to stand with me this morning. Holy Spirit, speak this morning, my God. My God, I pray that you would protect your people this morning. Your word says that my sheep hear the shepherd's voice. My God, let us hear your voice. Let us hear your voice. Let us hear your voice. Let us be able to discern, my God, the noise, the things that sound like you, the things that want to look like you. Let us understand who you are, God. Reveal yourself in our lives, Holy Spirit. I pray that you would break the surface today, God. Break the surface today, God. God, penetrate our hearts. Penetrate our minds. Penetrate our will, my God. Mold us into who you want us to be, holy God. We need a a church that speaks your truth, Lord. This is not about my truth. This is not about his truth or her truth. This is about the truth. You, you alone, my God. Your word is the truth, my God. Let us abide in that word, Father. Holy Spirit, break the surface this morning, Jesus. Just have a moment right there with God, would you? Just begin to talk to God this morning. God wants to hear from you. He wants to hear you. He wants to hear you. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at My Numa Church. Thanks again and God bless.